Welcome to Dr. Cheryl's Pod Couch, where we talk about all things mental health. After you listen to this audio, please rate, review, and subscribe. Reviews mean everything. Today, I'm excited to have on Natalie Silverstein, who is the author of Simple Acts, The Busy Family's Guide to Giving Back. She is also a volunteer and a passionate advocate for family service. Natalie holds a master's in public health from Yale University, and after a 15-year career in hospital administration, managed care, and healthcare consulting, she now works as a freelance writer and editor with a particular focus on the nonprofit sector and community service. In September of 2013, Natalie launched the first local affiliate of Doing Good Together. Doing Good Together is a Minneapolis-based nonprofit with the mission of helping parents raise kids who care and contribute. As the coordinator for the New York area, she curates a free monthly email listing of family-friendly service opportunities that is distributed to thousands of subscribers. Welcome, Natalie. Thank you so much, Dr. Cheryl. I'm so grateful to be here. Thank you. I am so happy to be here, and I'm going to just jump right in because I love this book, Simple Acts. It's a, it's a simple book. It's an easy read, and it really is filled with great ideas. And I want to start off with a, with a quote that you have. You quote Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. in your introduction, and you say, I love this quote, everyone can be great because anyone can serve. And then you also go on to say that Martin Luther King Day is actually a day of service, which mm-hmm. I really didn't know or recall. But now, since I've read that, I've shared it. I've probably 100 people. <laughs> I just shared it like, do you know that actually it's a day of service? And yeah. a lot of people have said they didn't know either. So, but, so you set up the intro to say that serving your children matters and you can start there or serving with your children matters and that you can start there. And so I think that a lot of people think their kids need to be older Mm -hmm. Um, or there needs to be some certain situation. So can you talk to me about how do you serve with your children? Well, it's so funny. One of the first questions I get when I speak to groups of parents is, how old do you think? Is four four too young? My kid is five and a half. Do you think he... And I'm I'm always like, you know what? Um, Why don't we take that out of the conversation and just think about ways that we can make giving and caring and kindness and service a part of your family values, how can your family live your values from day one, right? And I'll never forget, I was speaking to a group of young mothers and um, this woman raised her hand and said, it's funny, I don't remember when we started doing these things. I always was very active in service with my family. We always volunteered. I don't really remember starting. I just know we always did. And I said, there you go. You just answered your own question because I'm a believer. And I think you you saw in the book that this can start pre-birth. I mean, you as a couple preparing for the birth of a child and how you're going to celebrate that, um, planting a tree, asking for donations in lieu of gifts. Um, certainly at a child's first birthday, that child has no idea what the heck service or kindness are really all about. They're, you know, my daughter fell asleep on her first birthday party, but could you ask for um, donations in lieu of gifts? Could you decorate the tables with something that can then be donated to other children? How can you share the joy of your occasions and your milestones with other people who who may not have as much. I think this is an organic thing that is 
literally a part of how you uh, as a family want to grow. And so um, it's almost like it's an ageless thing. It's it's never too early to start and it's never too late to start. So I've also had the question, oh my gosh, my kid is 14 and we've never done this. So is it too late? He's not, you know, not going to be kind or <laughs> um, compassionate. And I say, no, of course, you know, start today. This is how we live our lives. This is how we walk through the world. And again, it's living our values, showing our children what we prioritize. Um, I, that is a big theme that I talk about. You know, we prioritize so much in our children's lives. Um, and I'll ask a group of parents, raise your hand if you, uh, if your child does soccer or your child does ballet or your child does music or your child gets tutoring. And of course, everyone's hand goes up and we're really fortunate to have this enrichment for our children. But how, when you say that you can prioritize all of those things and yet you cannot prioritize one afternoon a month or one Sunday afternoon, making the choice to serve with your kids is perhaps saying no to something else, but it is saying yes to service. And it is leading by example, showing your children what your family values and what you prioritize. And so I just think, um, you know, doing this work is, is really critical. And, you know, as a doctor and as a person who's focused on mental health, I think that you'll agree, you've, you've probably seen the research that you know, it's a proven fact that volunteers are just happier and healthier and have less depression and less sense of isolation. Um, youth and children who volunteer are less likely to engage in risky behaviors. They do better in school. This creates family connection, warm traditions, memories. There's nothing bad <laughs> about service and acts of kindness. So I don't know why you wouldn't just get started today as soon as possible. I, I agree. And I think families who are intentionally being really intentional and mindful about raising their kids can still overlook this aspect because maybe many of us didn't grow up doing this as a family. So sure. it's not something we can recall doing. We don't have that memory. And I will say a lot of people don't know where to start. And I think that's what one of the fun things out of the book is it's like the variations of what you can do go on and on and on. It's all about your values. And I want to ask you about that because people who actually do therapy with me know that I talk a ton about living your values, making a mission, a family mission statement, being very, very clear, reviewing them once a year. But I want your definition of what does living your values mean? How do you arrive at that conclusion of what your values actually are? Right. Well, I think it is, you know, how we treat others. And again, this notion that we would want to be treated with respect and kindness. So that is how we treat others and how we interact with others. It is um, inclusion. It is not ignoring people who are different from ourselves. It is making eye contact with um, the, the person behind the counter from whom you are, are ordering your drink. It is using their name if that's something that you're being given on their name tag. You know, we live in New York City. Um, there are people who are hired to clean the snow and take out the garbage and open the door literally for, for my children. And in some cases, press the buttons on the elevator because God forbid they should press their own buttons. And I insist that they say thank you and look the person in the eye and use the person's name if they can. Um, because I think that that's how I would want my children to be treated out in the world. And so foundationally, fundamentally, that is what it is, right? Approaching others with kindness and with, you know, an open heart and open mind, um, keeping eyes open to others' needs. We are all in our own little silos, right? And we are all so focused on our own 
problems and our own stressors. And particularly now in this pandemic, I think that that's true. We're all so isolated. Human connection is so important for mental health. Human connection and the ability to, the joy that you receive, and I, I share this all the time, there is a scientifically based help, help science around the fact that there is a helper's high, right? There is an endorphin release. You do something kind for someone else, even if they don't acknowledge it, even if they don't know that you did it, it gives you a great feeling. And I don't know why you wouldn't want to share that feeling um, with your kids and, and show them how they can make an impact in the world, even in the smallest ways. And that's really what the basis of Simple Acts is, right? It's, it's not about flying around the, the planet to Africa and building a school. That's a wonderful thing if you can do that. But most people can't. It is not about raising millions and millions of dollars. It is about throwing away your own garbage <laughs> in the park. It is about if you see litter, you pick it up and throw it away, even if someone else littered. It is about, you know, taking a few pennies, the change that you get in the coffee shop and giving it to your child and letting them put it in the little cup that says college fund. Even if the child can't read the words college fund, the fact that they know they've just given a few coins and they'll probably get a nice response from the person from behind the counter and what a nice feeling for them to have. So I just think these are such small things um, that you do in your everyday life that show your child how you want them to, to treat others because that's how they would want to be treated. I love that you and you talk, you know, you you jump right into it in the book, which is another thing I love about the book. You just jump in and you talk about in the first chapter. Um, I loved this quote that raising kind hearted children is a marathon, not a sprint. Right. I think that's such a great quote. Can you share some of your amazing ideas to start this marathon? Because I loved what you you mentioned things about playdates and birthday yep. parties and milestones. So can you share some more of those ideas? Absolutely. So, you know, again, these are small things. They are cumulative. It's like drops in the bucket, right? This is not the one time aha moment. This is just slow and steady wins the race. And so, yes, even from when children are very, very young, the way that you celebrate their birthday and allow them to share the joy of their special day with others. Um, we have hosted parties with purpose, I call them, throughout my children's lives. You know, the sleepover party where we asked people to donate um, pajamas for the pajamas program or the sleep, the, the, the birthday party after we adopted our rescue puppy and my daughter is such an animal lover where we collected cans of um, dog food and made um, one of the activities for the arts and crafts was to make a little dog toy, um, you know, to do birthday parties in that way that really allow your child to be celebrated and to have all of the things that they want to have, but that there's some small aspect of it that shows that they acknowledge how lucky they are to have a celebration and to have a party. Similarly, playdates, you know, I say this a lot, you don't have to do anything extra. You just have to think about these things, gratitude and kindness and empathy and service in the course of the time and the day when you are already planning other things. So you're already planning a birthday party. You're already planning a bar and bat mitzvah, correct? Which is all about this. You're already planning a play date. And so um, I give some examples like on a snow day, my daughter will have a neighbor friend from our building come over. They will bake cookies. Um, you know, if it's in January, February, they'll make Valentine's. 
with just generic loving messages. And then we will carry a plate of the cookies over to the local firehouse and we'll take the cards over to the nursing home that happens to literally be next door to ours. (laughs) We live in New York City, so everything is right there. But here we were, we were baking already and we were going to do arts and crafts already. And then I let them go and do slime or whatever they're going to do, right? So this doesn't take away from the other things that they're already doing. It's just a little, it's just being mindful. It's just saying, I'm going to keep some some crayons and some paper on the table. So when the child is waiting for breakfast to be served, maybe they're making cards that you can send to cards for hospitalized kids or to, um, you know, letters for isolated elders or to take over to your local firehouse to thank them for, for all they do to keep us safe. So it's, it's just these small things that you can be doing in your day-to-day life that are not, you know, these, you know, crazy planning and all that. Um, it's just very, very, small steps like that into the things that you're already already planning and already doing. Vacations, there's a chapter in the book that talks about that. Holidays, obviously, this is just a, a no-brainer. The Martin Luther King Day of Service, the 9-11, 9-11 is also designated as a National Day of Service. But Valentine's Day, not just Thanksgiving and Christmas, right? There are hungry people. There are people who need our help every day of the year, not just in November and December, um, Veterans Day to honor our veterans and our, our active duty military. Um, there are just so many of these moments. And so in the book, I have a kind of month to month. Here are all of the opportunities each month. So maybe as a family, and you talked about a family mission statement, I love that. You know, at the end of each month, what if you just looked at the calendar? and said, what's coming up next month? So, huh, February is coming. Valentine's Day is in February and dad's birthday is in February. So what could we do on those two days to give back to someone in our community? I love that. And when you talk about it and when the way you write about it is so easy and achievable, it feels like, oh yeah, I could do that. And you know, as you were talking, I was mesmerized thinking, I do feel like some parts of the year I'm better about this than others. It has been a part of my parenting to, to bring forth service and to let kids know too, when I'm doing, maybe when they're at school to let my kids know, Oh, today I had a board meeting or today I did a site visit today. I did some volunteer time. So I let them know, even when they're not a part of it, that I'm doing that. That's part of my daily, your really pretty much daily or at least weekly life. And so that's the thing about your book. It's very practical. You need to be actionable, like boots on the ground, actionable. Yes. Even the part about isn't some philosophical, you know, yes, it's a good idea and we should really raise conscious leaders. And, and, you know, no, this is stuff we can absolutely do, because I think when you make it this kind of big, big idea thing, it throws up barriers. I think people throw up their own barriers to it. Um, if we can just bring it back down to the basic level that there are people in your community, in your circle, your neighbor who is elderly and cannot get out the front door when it's icy, right? Your neighbor who's maybe not well. And if you're going to the grocery store, you could ask them if they need a couple things and just pick something up for them. They may not take you up on it, but the offer stands and the offer is makes them feel great. And it shows your child that this is what we do for each other as a community. Yeah, I love that. I really do. I love it. Toward the end of Simple Acts, you list a state-by-state resource guide mm-hmm. and some really cool, bigger bigger ideas. So I love these. These are all actionable little ideas. You also have other ideas that are just, they were new to me, like, oh, that might be interesting. But can you share how you chose your resources? I'm sure this has been over years. 
you know, what are some things that maybe the average family doesn't know about that you'd love to share? Sure. Yeah. I mean, listen, there are national organizations in the book lists, a very long list of organizations that are national organizations that then allow you to search by zip code. So you can go on the United Way's website, for example, or the Generation On website, um, Feeding, Amer- Feeding America, No Kid Hungry. There is a Ronald McDonald House in every state in the union, right? Um, Meals on Wheels exists in pretty much every community. So there are these national organizations that have local affiliates. That is like an easy way to start because we trust the United Way, right? <laughs> we trust the big brothers and big sisters of America. Um, I do talk in the book um, and in my new book for teenagers as well, that people should vet organizations. You should research these organizations. You should understand where their donations go, how volunteers are trained. You know, you should always feel comfortable volunteering and supporting organizations that are reputable. But that being said, doing good together, um, which you talked about in my introduction, we have um, locations in seven or eight cities across the country. um, And it's also just a really wonderful general resource. But so you can find these um, these national organizations, your local affiliate and see what, how you can help. And they all have wonderful websites. I also really recommend, and you talk about these state by states, many states have their own sort of homegrown, really wonderful, sweet, smaller nonprofits that are 501c3s that have executive directors and have infrastructure. And really it's, it's a simple Google search, you know, the People, again, they make it seem like I wanted to list them to say, see, there is something in every state. But if you do, if your child is interested in how your state deals with hunger, for example, which is a major issue in every in every corner of our country, unfortunately, or educational disparities or poverty or homelessness in particular, there is an there is an organization, certainly a nonprofit and potentially a government organization that is focused on helping people. Who are dealing with those issues and you can reach out to any one of those and and try and and try and get connected the work with doing good together started because i was looking for ways to volunteer with children and there are a lot of barriers to that and you might come up against that where you email or call an organization and they say i'm sorry we don't take children under the age of 16. but it's funny if you push them a little and you say well i'll be with them and i would sign a waiver they're like oh sure no problem. You can bring your kids. Well, duh, of course I would be with them. Of course I would sign a waiver. So again, I think the opportunities are there if you look for them. And if you keep your eyes open, if you're in the coffee shop and you look up on the bulletin board, I'll bet you anything you'll see a fundraiser this weekend or a walkathon that's for a cause that you and your children care about or a food drive or a, a, a warm coat drive. I mean, you know, these these opportunities actually abound if you are mindful of them as we started off our conversation. If you keep sort of open heart, open mind, open eyes and your child comes to you and says, gosh, I saw a homeless person on the street and I'm so worried about them in the cold. How can we help people like this? Well, there's your opening. Um, and I think you would attest to this that, you know, the way to get kids to want to do this is to speak to their passions and to the things that they really care about. That, that's always another question I get is like, well, how, how do you get your kid to do it if they don't want to do it? Well, number one, pick a subject or a social justice issue that really speaks to them and that piques their curiosity and their interests. But number two, I would also suggest to you that we make our kids do things every single day that they don't want to do, <laughs> like clean their room and brush their teeth and do their homework. 
So how is this different, right? This is a priority for our family. This is what we care about. You care about this issue. Let's find a way to help. And we're going to set aside some time and we're going to do this. Right. I mean, I think, again, the more I um, hear you speak and the more I think about different scenarios, I love that you start off. I love that you're, I want to end with talking about your new book, but I, I love that you start off talking about from probably pregnancy to first birthday and how, you know, especially the people in your inner circle and eventually your life will come to know this right. is a value for this family. This, That's you know, I know when the invitation comes, it's going to say, you know, right. something about some sort of organization or charity or cause. So I love that. And so it's so great because it's like all those things you can do when the kids are younger. And then, yes, whatever it, whatever age it is that you determine, I think they can handle mm-hmm. going. Um, I think in the book you talk about a soup kitchen um, example on Thanksgiving or something like that. And that, you know, your five or six year old was like the door greeter. Right. Something yeah, like that. Right. Counter. They gave her the little clicker counter thing. So don't tell me that kids can't help. I think we underestimate what kids can do and what they can understand. And maybe she didn't fully understand what was happening. Maybe she didn't understand that these people literally had nowhere to sleep that night. But those experiences stick with her. Again, it is a cumulative thing. And these are things that we can talk about later. Um, I also really advocate and doing good together truly advocates, you know, talk about these things with your kids after you serve together, after you've had an experience, good or bad, because let's be honest. There are going to be some disastrous volunteer. You're going to go out in the community and something, you know, is going to go wrong and people are unpredictable. And I say this in the book. It's not all sunshine and roses, but it doesn't mean it wasn't worth doing. And it it provides opportunities for discussion. And what could we do differently? Where could we, we like, we like doing this work, but maybe this particular organization wasn't for us. What else could we do? How else could we get involved? Maybe you need to be a little creative. You need to stick with it and you need to be consistent. These have to be habitual. You know, we all know if you do something over and over and over again, this becomes a, a habit. These become the memories that your children will will remember. They will not remember the toy that you knocked yourself out to go and get for them at Christmas or Hanukkah. They will remember the service that you did consistently year after year, the tradition that you created around this. Yeah, it's really inspiring. I think it really makes you realize no matter what the age of your children, you could do these things together. And I imagine that even when they are young adults and they come back for the holidays and things like that, you say, yeah, nothing's changed. We're still going to go do this. And they're going to do that with their families. And that's um, right. And that's really the point. I think there are statistics that show that people who volunteered as children are more likely to do so as adults. But if they volunteered with their families, if it was a family activity, it's something like two or three times more likely to do so. And so therefore you, you, you know, to extend that and say, well, they're going to do that with their own kids. This is when we talk about raising the next generation of leaders, when we ask our teens to save us, you know, save this world, we're waiting for you, we're counting on you. That's a tremendous amount of pressure. But if we can instill these values in them, and we know that they're going to instill them in their own children, that's generational change. That's where, that's where the good stuff can happen. Absolutely. Yeah. I love this book. And this is, again, Simple Acts, the Busy Family's Guide to Giving Back. So can you give us a preview of what you're doing now? Sure. Yeah, this book was really um, geared towards families with children up to age 10, 12, really. Um, it's because simply the, the publisher who, who published at Griffin House is an educational publisher for children. So they really didn't let me do a lot of teen things. I, I mentioned bar and bat mitzvah and things like that, but I couldn't focus on any of it. And I'll never forget the book came out on, on April 1st. No, no joke, April 1st. 
first. And um, the rabbi of our temple was not able to attend because he had a board meeting, but he picked up a copy the next day and he emailed me, said, this is beautiful. Congratulations. I'm so proud of you. But now you need to write one for for teenagers and for a bar amendment. So don't you love how people say that? Like the day your book comes out, like this is great. (laughs) <laughs> right, and but, now, here's what's next. Right. But, <laughs> wait, you know, wait. I hear what he's saying, and I think that one of the bigger challenges, I believe that this work is foundational and fundamental and so important to start when children are very young, when their characters are being formed, right? When they are forging who they are and how they interact with the world. So I think this is super important for when kids are really, really little. And I advocate for that, and I really like to talk to parents of young children. But... We do need to keep going with this in the teen years because the teen years get so full of very, very active lives, a lot of schoolwork, a lot of focus on um, grades and testing and college prep and all of this stuff. And I think that it's very hard for kids to see outside of themselves. They tend to be a little bit um, self-focused. And so um, on the one hand, I think it's super important for teens to do this work for themselves, not to check any box, not to say that they got their hours so they could graduate or put it on their, you know, applications for college because it's going to look good. I think this is important work for them to do for themselves, for their own maturity, for them to learn this, the, about social justice issues that they care about. I think it's great work for kids to do together. So in my new book, which is Simple Acts, The Busy Teen's Guide to Giving Back, they, I talk about one of the best ways to get teens to do this is to have them do it together with friends. It's social. It's more fun. Obviously, in pre- and post-pandemic times, that going out and, and doing a volunteer um, job in the community is going to be more appealing to teens if they can do it if they can do it with their peers. Um, You know, I talk about fundraising in that book. I think kids have a tremendous amount of energy. And if they're passionate about something, they're going to keep going out and asking people to donate, you know, the car wash on the corner. And um, so the book is really exactly the same as this one with really kind of foundational, actionable, very simple boots on the ground. You don't need to change the world. You don't need to quit school, sail across the ocean and speak to the UN like Greta Thunberg, right? (laughs) You can do stuff in your community. And however that's defined, your community could be your own home where you have to take care of a younger sibling so that your parents can work or go to school. Your community is your school where you might want to talk about social justice issues. You might want to start a composting program. You might want to do a voter registration drive for older students. Your community is your actual neighborhood, your building, your block, where there are elderly who need their snow removed or the the ice on their sidewalks salted or who need grocery, you know, groceries to be picked up. You know, it is it is about all of those circles of community that teenagers can have a positive impact and and how much good that is for them, not for any other reason, but because it is just a great feeling. It'll make them feel great and it'll help them to mature and to understand who they are and and their role in the world. And my goal in, in writing the book and I started it off with, you know, how am I supposed to change the world if I've got basketball practice, which is like. You know, we're, we're telling these kids, right? I mean, even the poet laureate the other day and, and Greta Thunberg and, and the kids in, you know, um, down in Florida who started all of this, you know, movement around gun, gun control. I mean, kids are doing amazing, mind-blowing things. And that is incredible. But the average kid needs to go to school and do their chores and work their part-time job to make their gas money. And I'm, I just really want kids to know we have such 
high hopes and great expectations, but the burden of that is, I think, a little bit heavy. And if you think, I can't change the world, I can barely get my homework done, I just want them to know that there are little things that they can do every single day, just like with this book, you know, for younger children, there are little things and little ways that you can walk through the world that will change another person's day and may change their whole life. And so you should open your eyes and, and keep your, you know, eyes, heart and, and mind and ears open to that. So um, that's sort of the premise of the book is like, you don't need to change the world to make an impact. I love it. We will have to have another conversation <laughs> uh, when that teen edition comes out. Um, again, this is Natalie Silverstein. I'm speaking with Simple Acts, the Busy Family's Guide to Giving Back and soon to be the Busy Teen's Guide to yes. Giving Back. It was such a pleasure to have you on. I hope I get to meet you in person one day soon. Thank you Um, so much, Dr. Cheryl. This was great. This was great. Thank you so much for sharing your your wisdom. I really think you're going to impact so many families and future generations. So thank you you again for being here. And if you listened to this conversation and you enjoyed it, please rate, review, and subscribe to my podcast. Thanks so much.